This is Cult Scene's K-Pop Unmuted, a podcast dedicated to in-depth discussion of K-Pop. We're your hosts, Stephen Knight, Joe Palmer, and Tamar Herman. And we are back with part two of our 2017 K-Pop Unmuted Awards with our guest, Gabrielle Wilder. Gabrielle joined us last year for our year-end award show, and so we asked her to return. She's a entertainment writer from Sydney. Hi. Hello again. Good to be here. Great to have you. So this is the second part of our year-end award shows, and we've already gone through two of our awards, and now to bring things in, our last big award of the year. And we're going to do round-robin reverse from the previous episode where Joe went first and I went last, so I guess I'll start this one, and then we'll hop back to Joe. My final category is the best music video plot. I felt this year K-pop kind of moved away from the plot-focused music videos that there have been kind of a mainstay of K-pop for so long. Like, music videos still had kind of tenuous plots, but nothing, like, really so crazy in a lot of them. So my winner was Cards, You and Me, which was actually probably the most tenuous one of the music videos that I thought about. But I just think it's such a, like, a Faulkner-esque, like, ending where if you haven't seen the music video, it's about the relationships, and in the end, it turns out the guys are dead. <laughs> so I just think there's something really fun about the music video and how it's filmed. honorable mentions that I thought of nominees were EXO's Power, which is just like an insane music video, and I loved it for what it was. Akamu's Dinosaur, which is really cute, and Red Velvet's Peekaboo, which was also up there in my thoughts of which one should Yeah, that's win. a great one, yeah. Because killing pizza delivery boys is the way to go. <laughs> <laughs> but I think... Yeah, that one had some elements to pick apart and, and figure out. That was kind of fun. Yeah, I think... I ended up going with Cards, You and Me, because I'm really into shock factor to, at this point, and I thought Peekaboo was a, very, a little bit more straightforward in what was about to happen. But I think that if this was a best music video of the year, I think I'd probably pick Red Velvet's Peekaboo. It was such a well-done music video. See, I've stopped watching card videos, and now I feel like you've ruined it tomorrow, oh, and no. I, can't, now I can't watch this one. <laughs> I'm sorry. Spoiler alert. I'm sorry. I have not watched the card video at all, because... I'm not a huge fan of the band. So. I'm with you on that. I only watched it because I had to write an article about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I loved their debut song, and I really wanted to like them, but I've lost interest. Yeah, I mean, I was keen to like them as well. I mean, because they're like the only mixed group since, I don't know, a long time. So co-ed. Yeah, co-ed I think is so hilarious. It's like, well, they're not going to school, but yeah, it's a cute co-ed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really wanted to like them, but um, they're just not getting really good material. And the choreography in the latest one is so weird. Like the hunchback stuff that they're doing is, I, I don't know, I don't really understand it. I don't know, someone in my, one of my mutuals says the album is really good. The songs on it are better than the single, but but the, yeah, the Peekaboo video is fantastic. And it's one of my favorite Red Velvet songs as well. Because Red Velvet songs can be a little bit annoying, so which I know is their thing. I know people like that, but um, this is a great song, and the choreography is astonishing. 
how they're ever going to really sing that 100% live and do all those the things they do with their body where they bend backwards and forwards really fast and all that kind of stuff, that's going to knock the wind out of you. So I don't know how they're going to get any sounds out of themselves, but it's incredible. Hmm. Yeah. Sorry, I jumped in there. <laughs> no, why, why are you apologizing? <laughs> Red Velvet could get more love in this podcast. But yeah, so that was my, I just really like music videos that have plots. And, and I did feel that this year K-pop had seen a lot less of that than we have in the past. Like, if they had plots, they were kind of really tenuous ones in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're overlooking Dreamcatcher. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, I am overlooking Dreamcatcher. I, I will have to not lie about this one. I've, I watch their music videos, and I'm not as enthralled as other people are. I really do like the music. But, yeah, I don't know. So those were the, the music video plots that I, I liked. So then I guess next up is Steven's third award. My third award is for the best song about what love is. Mm. <laughs> I mean, that's a, an evergreen topic yeah. for pop music, right? So we had some that are a little outside the box this year. Once again, we have Red Velvet. If you were complaining about not enough Red Velvet, Yay. we have Love is Like a Zoo. Love is Like a Zoo. That's a unique take on it, as far as I know. Another nominee is Elris with Pow Pow. The first line of that song is, what is love? And of course, love is Volcano. That's great. I love that. Pow Pow. Yeah, it's a great song. I I really didn't need another doomed rookie girl group to follow, but Elris is just so good. And speaking of which, the next nominee is Mix. M-I-X-X, not to be confused with Minx, which was what Dreamcatcher used to be. Mix released a single this year, Love is a Sudden. Mm. Good song. Which is a very poetic title that I love. Unfortunately, it's not really an accurate translation. I think the song is more like Love Suddenly or something. You know, it's about love at first sight. But that is the official English language title. And Love is a Sudden is a great title. And it's a great song. Mm -hmm. And I have an extra one because just because the title of the song is actually Love Is, a teen top song that Gabrielle has kindly confirmed to me is a Brave Brother song. And it's a really good song. I mean, these are all, you know, it's kind of an artificial category, but these are four great songs. The teen top one loses some points because Love Is Gone is what love is in that song. So that doesn't really fit the category that well. And I'm going to give it to, I'm really torn. I really wanted to give it to Mix because. Mix is sadly disbanded after, I think, maybe even less than a year, and I really love them, but I think Elris really deserves it for Pow Pow, Love is Volcano. Yeah, that's a fun song. Gabrielle, how about your final category? I might go for best comeback stage. Mine are very square. At the moment, Lovelies are doing a Christmas stage, which is Twinkle. like, and I, you know, the sleigh bells started. Well, actually, Kim So He kicked off with the sleigh bells, like, I don't know, mid November, I think, <laughs> with a, a Brazilian Christmas song. It was a bossa nova Christmas song. 
called Sobok Sobok, which is actually one of my favorite songs of the year. A beautiful, really beautiful song, but okay. I love that song. Yeah, yeah, really beautiful. Way too early for a Christmas song, but still very, very beautiful. But the lovelies, the stage they're doing is, it's really like something out of a 40s Hollywood movie. It's actually like the kind of thing that really turned me on to K-pop a few years ago because it's they're wearing these outfits that are like like chorus girls used to wear, you know, in the 40s. It's they're kind of modest and glittery and you know, they're in lines and just dancing in this lovely kind of classic way. And you know, the song is nice. It's not something that, you know, would make me go crazy, but as a spectacle of kind of variety or entertainment it's almost too hard to beat, you know, it's really great. And then you've got twice the stages. I really, really love twice the stages this year. And, and especially the choreography for Signal was, I thought, really, really great. And I also thought the Likey Likey choreography was really good. I'm not really that keen on their Christmas song, but the choreography for both Likey and Signal was all of the different ways they use the girls in the different formations in rows and all that kind of stuff was really terrific. However, I'm going to give it to a boy band, traitor to my kind. Um, Mass did this fantastic stage. This is a stage that I just, no matter what I was doing, I would drop everything and watch. They had this fantastic, hilarious retro song called Do It, which is all right. It's just a reworking of Billie Jean, but I'm sorry. I could just hear it reworked over and over again. And they even had someone go hee hee in it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But they... The choreography was just like all the old fantastic dance moves, like they did the Bernie, which is, if you know, it's the kind of the waggly arms move. They had the moonwalking. And then as if all those old retro moves weren't <laughs> weren't enough, they had this theme where they would be dressed up as Clark Kent and Superman. So they recorded the routine twice and then they would edit it. So they were changing from Clark Kent to Superman on the stage. And honestly, it's most delightful thing I probably saw all year. So, Mass, you guys, I love you. You go from Billie Jean to something like Tina, which is an early song they did, which is kind of like this minor key rock kind of dance ballad. Like, these guys are underrated. Go, you guys. I just pulled this up. I didn't even know about this performance. I just pulled this up on YouTube and turned it on like triple time speed. And that that jump in between the suits to the Superman outfits is is really good editing. (laughs) Yeah, really good. And considering that they're kind of, you know, very low tier band, like I don't know much about their agency or anything, but, you know, there's a bit of money going into that to get them to do the two stages and then edit it together. Someone's got some clout at the... yeah. I was just thinking. Yeah, for them to do that, but it's, it was really worth it. It's it's really good. Joe. Joe, you're up last. I might say something about Twice first, if that's all right. No. <laughs> yeah, I just want to say I totally agree about Twice's stage as being really good, especially before. I think their choreography and their live performances were not as good, but especially after seeing them at KCON, like most of them are pretty tired, but Momo stood out so much. Like she 
is a super top class performer and getting to see her and lucky her dance break be like at the time of the key change is super gratifying and uh she just like deserves it so much because she's a yeah she's a shining bright star i think i can't think of a favorite stage none of them have really blown me away this year but i will say sonamu's i knew it stages have been quite great nice and latin dance influenced and very elegant and yeah really tight kind of choreography which they're always quite good at doing they're um one of the underrated groups of the year for me definitely that song is beautiful and the stages were fantastic yeah i thought that was really great okay i'll go for my last award now yep i was going for a more normal one or not and i couldn't decide so i'm just going to go for a sort of short one but maybe it'll spark some discussion. And it's the uh, the Mamamoo Award for Best Cultural Appropriation. Oh, no. <laughs> and, um, this goes to a, a group that has been doing this a long time, and they've been at certain controversies. It's a Block Bees. Joe, do you know we're going to put this on the internet? <laughs> it's okay. They don't have <laughs> rabid fans. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, but yeah, it's a group that's been doing this quite a lot. It's uh, Block B with Shall We Dance. Quite a fun song but if you watch it's so hard to watch that video it's the most most cringeworthy thing i've maybe ever seen and the winner from them is by far yukon and so they've taken this like the most handsome member of their group you know he's a great dancer so much charisma and he's they give him these super long purple dreadlocks braid things and it's just yeah. it's it's really not nice to look at yeah, they they almost ruined what was quite a great song to end the year with. And also... Even apart from that, the, probably the worst thing about that is Park Kyung's mullet, which obviously is not cultural appropriation, so he doesn't qualify for the award, but it's just how bad his mullet was. Joe, I'm from the South, and we consider that cultural appropriation. <laughs> just so you know. Well, there. <laughs> Whatever it is, it should die. But yeah, yeah, I think uh, this year was had, you know, like obviously Jackson had a big controversy, but I think it was a little bit quieter. I mean, it's mostly just hair things going on. But uh, none were as comical as they were offensive as Yukon and Block B. <laughs> Is there any others I can't remember? BTS had one with their performances. But yeah. I think J-Hope was wearing like a hat that had dreads attached to it, which was really weird. <laughs> um, so it was like also a what the F moment. Like, <laughs> why are you even wearing that? And I mean, I guess at KCON LA, like, and you know, from Super Junior had some really horrible attempt at dreads. And it was just like... Not right. Just just ugly to look at. Like, it was such a bad move. And they ended up using it for, like, their recent Japanese music video. And it was just like, there is so much going on here. You do not need these, like, weird attempts. Like, it wasn't even dread. I don't even know how to describe it. They looked like limp noodles. Like, they should never touch that ever again, aside from the cultural appropriation part of things. Like, K-pop really needs to get off their high horse that dreads equals hip-hop. Because you're not kind of prove yourself that way is that what they think i think that's i think that must be what they think they think that like hip-hop is cool and this is hip-hop culture so like 
if we look more hip hop, then we'll be more cool and better hip hop artists. <laughs> I, that's how I've interpreted it. Yeah. Um, from because like it's always, I mean, aside from like the blatant blackface and things, like Kai is a rapper in EXO, so put him in Dreads, and he's a better rapper. Block yeah. B is a group that has a big hip hop leaning, so put them in Dreads, and they're better rappers. And like I think for. The Inyuk thing, um, we were kind of confused until the music video came out. We're like, did he get dreads just because he was coming to America? Like, <laughs> it, it was really weird. I mean, it, it's now apparent that they were filming a music video. But still, like, he's a rapper, so he gets dreads. And that's the and J-Hope is the rapper, and he gets dreads. And so in my oh, mind, yeah. I think that yeah, yeah. a lot of this yeah. is that. Yikes. <laughs> mm-hmm. So moving on with that sort of short award, we can go into our even quicker because uh obviously we have so much great ideas uh we have to like obviously. push them out of the smaller yes quicker awards so yeah who has any interesting ones that i can bang out well i have some rejected categories that i don't have picks for but that might be a way to ease into the quick hits no oh. so i've got most offensive yg comment <laughs> uh, you know <laughs> As you mentioned, we have limited time, so I thought maybe we shouldn't do that. Just all of Mix 9. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. The last two episodes, I have to admit I am watching Mix 9, uh, even though Dreamcatcher <laughs> dropped out. <laughs> but the last two episodes, he has referenced all the hate he has been getting for his comments. Really? And, and some of the targets of his some of his worst moments are doing very well on the show. <laughs> so uh, that's kind of fun. As my favorite offensive YG remark of the year was definitely G-Dragon's album. <laughs> That's harsh. <laughs> well, actually, I didn't listen to it. So that is, yeah, purely a joke. But actually, what he said about Hassel, Luna's Hassel, that, that hurts me deeply. Another category that we're not going to do is most impressive use of a superpower in a music video. <laughs> I, I think that would be a rich, a rich one. I feel like that's just clearly EXO. Um, and I also have most innovative card single. <laughs> so maybe we'll skip that one also. Well, uh, I, have, I have two categories that are actually I have answers for. So Okay. My first one was best company-wide trend. And that has to go to SMN Nursery Rhymes this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because they have like Peekaboo and NCT Cherry Bomb. And then now they have Joy with NCT Dream. If you're They've just like really been into like kids rhymes and I think it's weird and I think it's kind of cool and I want to find out who is putting those lyrics in uh, SM songs. So I think that's pretty fun. And then my second one is producer of the year or upcoming producer who we should all pay attention to. And it's definitely Groovy Room. Yeah, tell us some of the stuff that... Um, Groovy Room, offhand, I know he did like a lot of Haze and I think Dean. Just like last week, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Yuna. She just dropped Hello, which I really liked, and I didn't realize until, like, the second listen that it was Groovy Room. Groovy Room's just, like, a, I think they're a duo of producers, and they just kind of got in to the, like, burgeoning R&B, alt-R&B scene that's going on. And if you hear that everywhere, like, I can't even do it, like, everywhere Groovy, and, like, that's their thing. It's, like, their JYP whisper. I'm trying to think what else they did. They definitely did all of, I think, all of Haze. Yeah, they did, don't you know? And they also did a song by Hi-Rez called Dicks Out for Harambe. Wait, what? 
<laughs> yeah, because I'm writing about them because they did. Um, they're on my. <laughs> they've done a song on my top twenty. They did uh, Jung Soo-un's Just You, which I really liked. And, um, yeah, when I looked them up, I found out they done a song by a group called High Res called Dicks Out for Harambe. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I just um, pulled up a list, and they also did, like, Blue Moon, and they did a Jay Park stuff. They did One stuff. They did Saran stuff. They did Ify with Shike, which was really good. I kind of like that there is this alt R&B production team that like everyone agrees is like who to pay attention to for songs right now and that's part of the k-pop scene if we're calling it k-pop so i don't know so i'm really looking forward to seeing what they produce next year but i think there's always there's always someone like that though there's always the yeah and what what's interesting to me though is that it seems like once you get established you seem to be, just become part of the establishment like someone like shinsadong tiger you know who's still doing stuff for Kiana and the XID. I'm just impressed by how much they produced this year. Like, it's a lot of songs. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of these guys, they all do put a lot of stuff out. And then as they grow, they build a studio and they have a whole ton of writers working for them. You know, it's, it's pretty interesting. All the behind-the-scenes stuff is really, really interesting. I definitely agree. How about you, Gabrielle? Do you have any quick hits? Oh, I'm sure. Just the part where we all want to say what our favorite Luna songs are. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> uh, it just keeps growing. It's a long list that just keeps growing. Um, I mean, the Eve song, which is, I think, is that still the latest one? Is that how she pronounces Eve? Yeah. How are we saying that? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I know there's a new girl that's just about to come out, but I don't think she's, she hasn't released a track yet, right? No. Yeah, they put out a Christmas song, but I don't know if we really should count that. Oh, Carol, I didn't even listen to that. <laughs> I'm giving sleigh bells. I'm drawing the line at the sleigh bells. <laughs> The Eve's tracks, actually both of Eve's tracks were fantastic, I thought. New and... Her B-side, D1. The B-side, yeah, was I thought was good too. But New really smashed. It's like, you know, an outtake from the Pet Shop Boys in the late 80s or something. Those washy synths that just kind of are percussive as much as melodic. <laughs> Also, Eclipse, obviously, was just an incredible song that, for me, kind of seemed to live on some kind of continuum of Wonder Girls reboot. And then the trio, the um, Odd Eye Circle trio, made such a fantastic live debut with their stage for Girlfront. And it just seems like this project is the gift that keeps on giving. So, you know, we've been talking about the failures of the A&R of, like, 101, but whoever's doing the music for these guys is... An incredible so good so good i mean so good yeah practically flawless i mean there's someone on spotify has actually just put all of the lunar stuff into one playlist and they haven't curated it at all they're just throwing everything in there because they come out under different girls names and different group names and stuff you know so it means you don't have to go searching around and then they haven't curated it they just throw it all in there and it's just amazing how much of it is good mm. it's a pretty amazing project well i don't want to jump the line here but while we're on lunar Maybe I should mention that one category was best song that starts with Hey Boy. (laughs) Oh, that's good. (laughs) Right? Yeah. So Daya's Daya's Will You Go Out With Me, a great song. Cheon starts out Hey Boy. 
Luna has the other two, which are Sweet Crazy Love, oh, yeah. which is a really good song. Hey, boy, you want to play? It's a sweet crazy love. Both Odd and Odd Front. Odd Front is on the reissue where they remix Girlfront and they put Odd, which is the intro of the Mix and Match album, if I'm getting this right. I'm not that crazy about the remix of Girlfront, so I think odd the mm. intro. You don't need a yeah, but it, the way they do it is just to keep the vocals the yeah. same and change the music. So it, it, it's interesting, it sort of builds, but they always have this sort of climactic vocals that were in Girlfront, and yeah, it just doesn't really work. Yeah. Luna, yeah. I mean, obviously I'm a huge fan, and I want to shout out Yajin, their uh, maknae, who's like 14 years old, I think, and her... Her song Kiss Later, which came out in January, I think people have looked over the previous girls because the last three have been so, or the last four now have been so impressive, but also a bit more modern than their previous girls. And Yajin's Kiss Later is a wonderful, like Broadway musical style, like huge amount of horns and percussion and her like tiny little voice, like in the middle of it is uh, is really great. <laughs> and um, also Lunatic by Odd Eye Circle because it's the weirdest yeah no that's great i don't think that's weird why do you think it's weird it's not weird but it's surprising i think maybe it's better in terms of like it's it's not expected you know as a b-side from them especially a b-side with a title like that i mentioned on twitter i think that it reminded me of like the british indie groups i listened to before i got into k-pop yeah i agree i think it's like british electric electronic pop from again from probably I don't know, maybe 80s, I'm not sure, but mm-hmm. it's something reminiscent of, of, you know, British electronic pop that I've, I've heard before. It's a beautiful song. It's fantastic. So, Joe, do you have any quick hits? The rest of mine are just normal. So, like, the Oh My Girl Award for Best Rookie. Oh My Girl, because mm. they're great as rookies, but afterwards, not as much. <laughs> oh, so sad. They had so much promise. I know. I mean, I still have faith that they'll bring it back. But rookies this year, there's not as much standouts. I mean, we'll bring them up again, and I'm sure Stephen will agree that Dreamcatcher would probably be in the number one for me in terms of three quite good releases. I mean, nothing as good as Pristin's Wee Woo, but across the board, they were pretty great. And I'm also listening to them a lot more now because I might be seeing them uh, in February, so I'm getting very excited for that. I'm looking at rookies now, and apparently Nui's W is a rookie, and Triple H are rookies, but... <laughs> no, I don't think, I don't think they now. count. Nui's W, the most experienced rookies in the business. <laughs> nope, that's highlight. <laughs> Yeah, true. What a joke. (laughs) I mean, they're playing up that joke and eating it up. Like, Mm -hmm. really. I don't know if you saw, like, Weekly Idol did for their anniversary. Like, the groups that debuted every year since 
they started Weekly Idol and Highlight was first and the last group, like the newest and the oldest. Very funny. It's very cute. Uh, nice. But yeah, is that it for quick picks? I've got some more I could run through. Yeah. Throw them at us. So I've got Most Tragic Disbandment. Oh. I've already mentioned. Mix. And the reason I say that is they didn't even last a year. Oh, really? And they were so good. They had Oh My Mind. Oh, I love this love. And Love is a Sudden. Oh, My Mind was so good. Yeah. I know, right? One that I just came up with today, I don't really know what the competition would be, but Best Chorus, Lip and Hip has just a great chorus. Oh, no, I disagree. I disagree also. <laughs> I did not. <sighs> oh, you I'm just people. not a Hyanna person. Well, look. Well, look. <laughs> <laughs> I love Babe. I thought that was a fantastic song and a great concept yeah. and everything about it was perfect and i've always liked Tiana more in theory than i wanted to listen to her songs but babe really made me go this is amazing lip and hip i think the, the video is great and i really like what she's doing joe touched on this before she's really going oh you want sexy this is this is what sexy looks like you want sexy <laughs> fuck you <laughs> she's really doing a little bit what exit exit do as well i think a little bit they're going oh you want sexy you don't really know what sexy is this is what a sexy woman is you know like they're not pandering at all it's like they're really doing adult sexy woman sexy not girlish sexy and i think that's important however <laughs> i do not think that lip and hip is a song that measures up to everything else about the video and about the theme and the, you know I, I just think the chorus is what's there lip and hip you know like now the part that i like is you know like i said i just came up with this right before the show so maybe i could think of a better one but i love how i love the part where it's lips hips lips hips You know, it's it's this drawn out part that goes up and then yeah. the total opposite hip. Mm, yeah. But, you know, we all have our own taste. <laughs> <laughs> I love everything else. I just don't really love <laughs> Okay. Okay. Well, you all may want to weigh in on this one. You know, last year I did a criminally underrated pick. And uh, just for pure ratio of, like, appreciatedness to quality, Kim So He would have to be up there. Her video has like 150,000 views. It's just oh. mm -hmm. wow. heartbreaking. Yeah. Astro, I don't, whichever one of their albums did the worst, <laughs> would have to be a contender for that. And I think CLC's second album they put, I love their first one, but I think it was a little bit more popular. I don't know, Freezem? Free, Free SM. Uh, SM. Free SM. That had such, <laughs> right. That had so many great songs. Now, they were all didn't belong on the same album, I guess, but. Mm. Yeah. That was a great album. Yeah, for me, this year feels like the year of underrated because even like groups with big songs like Twice's Signal and Red Velvet's Rookie, where those groups are huge, but those songs, which I think are their best songs of the year, no one else seems to think that. But actually, my number one underrated song of the year, which is maybe my number one song of the year, I can't, I'm not sure yet, is Goo Dan's A Girl Like Me. I love that song. I love it. Yeah, that. which very few people have been into, but. Vocally, Gugudan are so strong, and no one seems to really notice this yet. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that song has such like propulsive vocals that just never ever stop, and like they keep like trying to one up each other, and like even like the 
lesser vocalists like Mena and the the youngest uh, Aeon is like really like kind of small and like cheeky little raps they do. It's sort of disappointing to see them go to Chakoko after, which I think is like really, really great until the chorus. So if we're doing a best song where the chorus is bad and ruins everything, I would give it to Google <laughs> and Chakoko. <laughs> but they're, they're a, a group from IOI that I'm trying to keep the tabs on and hopefully that they'll push it a bit more because vocally very few groups can withstand them. I'll tell you another song. Were we doing best choruses? Is that what we're doing? Sure. Are we doing songs by the chorus rules? This is kind of a free for all. A Hot Shot's Jelly had a fantastic chorus. Do you know that one? Mm-hmm. Hot Shot was another band that, that wrote on Produce 101 because they've been around since 2014. And two of the members went into Produce 101 and one of them actually made it to 101. And so the band quickly got a song together and um, put it out. And it's this fantastic song that's kind of got this booming bass and stuff. But at heart, the song is just like a catchy, catchy pop song. It's definitely one of the songs of the of the year. Well, speaking of songs of the year, let's maybe let's smoothly transition into if we were going to give some more traditional awards. Like, what what do you guys think about songs or albums or videos or artists or whatever? I didn't listen to many albums at all this year, but the two albums I did listen to were completely out of character for me. One was Jungago of all people. I got a lot of mileage out of that. It's just nice to listen to that you know nice brand of kind of soul jazz jazzy stuff and the other one was the primary album i played a lot um oh that was good yeah actually liked his long player better than the ep he did with the pop people i didn't really think that one came off as well but no it didn't the long player was i just thought had a bit more texture and it's just a bit more interesting and of course the lunar album obviously mix and match or max and match or whichever Mm -hmm. version you want to talk about and that's about it Went on to Yes Asia to try and buy some stuff the other day and there was hardly anything that I wanted. And then Nine Muses EPs too. Their EPs are always reliable as mm-hmm. the only dart is the ballad, which is pretty standard with K-pop. So, yeah, <laughs> their stuff is always good. Now, tomorrow I know you've put a lot of thought into it because you've been <laughs> publishing some year-end. Yeah, I like, <laughs> so. don't have anything that I haven't already said. <laughs> I think some debuts that really impressed me this year, and I'm not sure how they've lived up to them, uh, The Roses, Sorry was a really, really great debut song. And then Jung Sehun from Produce 101. His whole first EP was pretty solid for what kind of vibe he had on Produce 101. He like came on the show as like a singer-songwriter kind of guy. And his single Just You didn't necessarily put that... Like the first listen, I was like, oh, this doesn't sound exactly like what I would think of him. But then I listened to it again with my headphones on. I don't usually listen with headphones because I'm usually like running around my apartment doing stuff while I listen to music for the first time, and um, which is really a mistake on my part. But um, 
it kind of worked really well for him, and I really kind of want to see him come back with this kind of fun rock thing that he's I doing. I got addicted to that song. It was like when he it's came so on good. with his guitar singing that yeah. song, I was like rolling my eyes going, oh, can we get back to the dancing, please? But then I got <laughs> so addicted to it. like It's yeah. just addicting. It's so good. And like, again, like I said, like the first listen, I was like, oh, this is not his like potential, but... That's the Groovy Room song. He didn't write that. So, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, he's not writing his own music right now. And yeah. I don't know if he ever will. But um, from Produce, honestly, I think it's so interesting that he and Chunga have both done pretty well as soloists. Like, I don't think he was charting particularly well, but the response to him was pretty good mm. um, from critics in Korea, I saw. So mm. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what he's doing. And I, I mentioned The Rose and Sorry, and their second follow-up wasn't as promising as their debut song. So we'll have to see how well they do. But those, I guess, were my top debuts of the year. So I have a couple um, groups of the year, I guess, was what I've been thinking about most, because... The two obvious ones that stand out for me are Red Velvet and Twice. They've been like, I mean, Twice have had two amazing singles and two not so good ones, but Red Velvet have been mm. great across the board. But I do want to also, again, say Sonmu, who started off not that great, but with Friday Night and I Knew It, really like evolved their sound and added like two kind of like one disco and one like funky Latin sound. And it's really matured and Again, they're another group of great vocalists that people don't seem to know. And choreography-wise, they've been like really, really strong. Mm-hmm. Also, Lovelies. Lovelies have sort of came up at the same time as Red Velvet, and people were expecting them to be big because you know they're an Infinite's sister group, and they've had three really good songs this year. I guess Gabrielle didn't love Twinkle, but the chorus actually that's probably my favorite chorus of the year. K just like destroying those lines, mm-hmm. and then the kind of like quirkiness of wow and then like the pristine sort of synth pop of uh, now we they were great and like yeah again no one seems to be really giving them the props that they deserve i mean i think that's just their companies yeah but like you see the international fan i guess i'm judging everything on international fan base but it's growing so much and getting into cool groups slightly uh, slowly a little bit more i think and people seem to forget about these traditionally cutesy girl groups who actually have really interesting music and are not always quite like that, especially with Sanamu, who have really matured and yeah, improved their sound. Yeah, I'm with you on Lovelies. And I, Red Velvet, I keep forgetting that Rookie was this year. I mean, they've put out a ton of great music this year. Mm-hmm. And all of their albums are really good as well. No, I mean, I mean Rookie, the album too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the album is great. And then the Perfect Flavor, the most recent one, it's great. Like a song, uh, Kingdom Come, on that is amazing. One of the best piece signs of the year. Yeah, Red Velvet have really like stepped up and taken the gauntlet from the probably departed girls' generation on FX now. I mean, I think they were definitely the most consistently good girl group. If I had to give one girl group the girl group of the year award, it has to be them, even though I know other people will say twice. Well, I hope this isn't too obscure because she wasn't really on my radar before this year. But my song of the year and album of the year are Random by Lee Jin Ah, or Lee Jin Ah. Oh, 
She's so good. She was a contestant on K-Pop Star Season 4, and she came in third, and she's at Antenna Music. She is just unbelievable. She's a basically a jazz pianist, singer, songwriter. She has a really unusual voice. It's very high-pitched and, you know, super young-sounding. She sounds very young. She really does sound young. And she doesn't have a strong voice, but she really does have a beautiful voice, and she uses it really well. And Random is just such a great song. There's a lot of K-pop that has jazz influences in it, but she has just actual straight jazz interludes in her songs. And Random, more so than a lot of our other songs, just moves around so much. It it starts off with kind of a merry-go-round, waltzy singing part, and then it just transitions into this thunderous jazz piano section. You know, the reason you can call her pop music is it moves into this beautiful melody and chorus with great hooks and her sort of cute, light vocals. And, you know, that song really stands out, but the whole album is really great. Have you listened to Ani Yoon as well? Yeah, she's great. Yeah. I only discovered her album this year, but uh, I wish I'd known of her last year. Yeah, me too. Yeah, she's, uh, you can't listen to her over and over again because her voice is kind of so strong and, yes, incredible. I kind of overdosed (laughs) after I first discovered her. She came from an idol show as well. She plays piano and she sings. She's got this really strong voice, like, like she doesn't, she doesn't belt, but she's, it's just this strong voice that can really soar up. It's just got this really interesting timbre to it. Like, um, yeah, it's very unique. It's not yodeling, but it's almost got that, you know, that kind of texture that a yodel has. Like it's almost raspy, but not really raspy. I'm not explaining. You need to listen to her. <laughs> but she, um, she writes her own songs and she reminds me of maybe a little bit of Kate Bush, but only in kind of probably her approach, not really in her sound, hmm. if that makes any sense at all. She did some good songs for a soundtrack early this year. That was really nice. But she has her own albums as well, so she's a good one to listen to. Yeah, like I said at the start of part one of these awards, that's really not the kind of music I'm looking for, but it turns out to be some of the best music that I'm finding. Well, that's the thing about Korean music. There's incredible variety. You know, all those snobs that go, ooh, K-pop. It's like they honestly have no idea what they're missing out on. <laughs> True. So thanks so much for joining us, uh, listening to our two-part episode about year-end faves and best-of-year moments. Where can everybody find you, Gabriel? You can check out my blog, ksera.blogspot.com. That's K-S-E-R-A. And how about you, Stephen? You can find me on Twitter at Tennessee Appeal. And Joe? 
find me on Twitter as well at Captain Joe Huck and uh, cultscene.com. And you can find me at Tomorrow Writes. And as usual, follow both Cult Scene and K pop Unmuted on Twitter. Make sure to follow and listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever else your heart desires to listen to podcasts. And if you really like us, or even if you just moderately like us, like please, <laughs> please leave a review. We, we like reviews. We like hearing your thoughts. We know that end of year awards. You probably have some thoughts and we'd love to hear them. So tweet at us, hit us up in the comments section, just let us know. And we'll, I guess we'll see you in 2018. <laughs>